You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. I'm Kevin Power. Welcome to the Sascapes Podcast. I hold in my hand the novel Extensions by Canadian author Myrna Day. Long listed for the Scotiabank Giller Prize in 2011, Extensions won the first ever Reader's Choice Prize that year. I met up with Myrna at her home in Camsack, Saskatchewan. Among the many family and friends to which Myrna thanks in her novel, the acknowledgement of her husband, Cedric, stands out, quote, for balancing my heart and art. And that is precisely how I would describe my time with Myrna, a balance of heart and art. There is nothing pretentious about her. She is a woman of many experiences and speaks openly in an unassuming manner, and I suppose that's why she is so very approachable. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, once again, I've made a new friend. This is Myrna Day. I am in beautiful Kamsack, the garden city of Saskatchewan, and my guest is Myrna Day. I've waited very anxiously to meet. We had a Great long conversation on the phone, and I thought, yeah, this is going to be a pretty great person to meet. So <laughs> thank you for taking time out of your day. Right. You're we're, welcome. We're sitting comfortably in a really lovely, warm living room. Um, and I was given your name by a contact in Yorkton and said, there's a great writer up in Campsack that you should talk to. So I did a little bit of research on the internet, but we can't always believe everything we read on the internet. So I decided to get your story straight from you. So tell me, were you born in Saskatchewan? No, I was born in um, Alberta. Uh-huh. I was born in Vulcan, Alberta, right. um, which is in southern Alberta. And it was mainly because there wasn't a hospital in Milo, Alberta, which was oh. even smaller, right. where my father was working in the bank there. Uh-huh. And... Uh, yeah, so I, I, and then we lived, I think he was transferred to Toronto when I was four, and then Portage to La Prairie, and then back to Calgary, where I spent most of my growing up years. Right, in went, Calgary. Yeah, went and to school and university, and then Edmonton, between Edmonton and Calgary, I went to university. What did you study in university? Um, I studied modern languages, and mm. ended up, it was, I majored in, well, French and German, and I ended up doing better in German. And so I took my master's was in German. Mm. I got a, a scholarship to, um, it was an exchange scholarship to, mm. to Berlin. And so then I came back and did my master's in German. Right. And had you thought maybe of being an interpreter or? I don't think I thought of, no, <laughs> I don't you, think I made many plans. Right. I just let life un- unfold. Right. And have right. continued to do that. But actually, I went back to Germany. I, I went on this um, scholarship, and then I came back, 
And then I went to Berkeley um, for two years and studied mm. more postgraduate work. Mm-hmm. And All Again in German? Yes. Right. Yeah. And then I had had enough, so I went back and taught in Germany in, uh-huh. uh, in a high school. I taught English in a high school. All right. But, uh, yeah, I guess I was fluent at the time, but... I just I haven't used it so. So what what was the decision to bring you back from teaching in Germany back to Canada again? Well, again, the fact that I I never really was a teacher. I I didn't uh I hadn't planned really hadn't planned out my life. I went to then I went to Toronto and I taught um again I taught in a high school Harvard collegiate. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was it was it's a very interesting school. Right. But by then, I really had decided I w- didn't want to be a teacher. I wasn't, uh, I liked studying better than teaching. Mm-hmm. And then I got a job at the Canadian magazine. I, uh, it, it's now defunct. It was mm. like the old Star Weekly. Right. It was right downtown in the Simpson Tower. Right. And uh, I worked there for, I think, about a year in the copy department. I liked that. I, I liked the the writing world. Right. And then I met my husband, and then we went to uh, Guyana, where he's from. Oh. Yeah, he and lived six years in Guyana. Wow. Yeah, and three of our, two of our daughters were born there. The first one was born in Toronto. But working as a copyist, just going back to that, was mm-hmm. that sort of the, was that the the bug that that started the, the writing? I've always written. Really? Since, yeah, since before I could write, I, I would dictate to my father. And I I wrote all through school. I had a scholarship to the Banff School of Fine Arts when I was in mm-hmm. high school, grade 11. Wow. And um, then just the university courses took over the writing right. uh, uh, muse in a way. And then when I got back to Guyana, I started writing again. Well, what then in your earliest years, what do you attribute to what do you attribute your the um the the, the writing bug yeah. my mother was a writer was she yes yeah she was yeah. and just and my mother was very we were surrounded by books i mean mm. she i had to put earplugs in when i studied for my physics exam because she was always talking about the current book she was reading right. and my brother and i got a, a complete education living with her it was just osmosis because she shared all that she was reading and she was probably one of the most well-read people i've ever met up until now Hmm. she was extremely she had an inquiring mind and so i grew up in that i grew up with books and writing and learning and and uh, just carried it on. did your mom write professionally not not professionally she she um she wrote stories and had them published. No, it was more personal essays. She did write three novels. One was published in serial form, and mm-hmm. but mainly, no, she she didn't really make a name for herself. But she was always writing. I mean, she was always sitting at her typewriter. Right. And, yeah. So, how did living in Guyana influence your writing? Well, it gave me another culture sure. to write about. Sure. Yeah, and uh, it also got me started back writing because when there was no TV, so I, I read and then I just, I had time. It w- yeah. I, I was no longer studying. Right. So then I went back to my writing. How long were you there? Six years. Six years. Uh-huh. What impressed you most about that culture? 
Oh gosh, I should have thought uh, there's there was so much. It was well, it was a third world country. Yeah, and they, um, I mean, the negatives were the the beggars on the street, the dogs, you know, mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. the. Uh, but it was, I think the the warmth of the people and the um, just the interaction, the communications, and and. And you know, my husband, I, I was I feel privileged to have lived the Guyanese part of Guyana because there are a lot of Canadians down there who lived in their uh on enclaves. Right. And uh I I was included in all of that. In fact, we met Trudeau. He came down right. and just being one of the few Canadians, we were invited to meet him. But they it wasn't an artificial life, but I was glad to have lived the Guyanese life because mm-hmm. I knew all his friends and all his relatives and it was it, well it's an eye opener. I yeah, I, I I guess just the uh well the, the the different pace and yet the the ambition as as most people know, being an immigrant you have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Right, you know, that's right. That's right. their their motto, and and which he did, right. and then having I think giving the children, giving our daughters that half. I mean, it's a whole new world that now right. they're part of. Right. Did you see when you came back? Did you see living in Canada differently than? Well, the the one thing I really saw differently was the um, the supermarkets, the the right. grocery stores, right. because when we were there, it was very. Um, uh, restricted. They they couldn't get foreign goods. They were having a foreign currency crisis, mm-hmm. so there was no um, no money to buy goods coming from a, from away. So, uh, well, there was no fresh milk. So, but to get evaporated milk, you'd wait for the boat to come in for the cartons of evaporated milk. Oatmeal might come every so often. If you'd hear butter was in town, everyone would make a beeline to get wow. butter. So um, that there was always the fresh, the open markets that would have the tropical um, right. fruits and vegetables and so on. But yeah, I'll, I'll never forget being able to go down the the rows and seeing all these plentiful and right. everything you wanted. Now in Guyana, we went back four years ago, mm. my husband and I, and you can get everything there now. Oh, right. But this happened to be a kind of a depressed time right. in the economy. Right. So when did you start publishing um, your writing? And it was probably first in journals and uh, in periodicals. Well, yes, in period. Yeah, right. actually, the first one was here in Kamsak in the Wascana Review. Mm-hmm. Um it was a story, a short story about, uh, well, living, coming back from kind of autobiographical, living in a small town. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was the beginning. And then, uh, most of what I've written have been personal essays. Right. And they say, write what you know. Yes. Yeah. Like trying to feed kids who, uh, who didn't like anything to eat, you know, that sort of, I guess some of them might, were humorous and, uh, right. yeah. So was it, uh, was your form of writing fiction based on based on experience, or was it was it completely your life? No, the fiction was sometimes. Well, that one was the yeah. the, the um, peonies and bleeding hearts. It was called. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was fiction and based on this experience. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I had written uh, another one about 
Well, it was some friend my husband happened to know about an immigrant situation and so on. So, but I would say most of what I write is based on on uh, fiction based yeah, on fiction based, based on experience. Yeah, yeah, but then a lot of it are personal essays that aren't fiction. They're, right. They're non uh-huh. fiction. So at what point did your writing move to actual books? <laughs> I actually wrote a book in Guyana. Uh-huh. Yeah. When, but I, it never saw the light of day. It's in a drawer somewhere. Uh-huh. But, the, and again, <clears throat> that was, um, just, well, we had, everybody had, what do you, maids. We had a, a maid and a, well, she was a nanny and a maid you didn't have washing machines or you didn't have uh, um, the conveniences of home. And I found her fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like she was uh, an Amerindian girl and mm-hmm. she'd come from sort of the jungles and just listening to her talk and her, learning her wisdom and, and talking about her family, how they all s- slept in hammocks. And, and yeah, I just, I found her absolutely fascinating. She, she had such a quiet magic touch too with her daughter. She was, you know, her nanny. And she was, she became one of the family. So I wrote, I wrote a book about her mm-hmm. and that was. Did she get to read it? No, no, she didn't because, well, we moved up here. Right. And it wasn't, uh, but she did take typing less. She was quite ambitious, which was good. She wanted mm-hmm. to improve herself. Mm-hmm. In fact, she took over my typewriter and I couldn't get it to it because oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those, uh, it wasn't even an electric typewriter. It was an old Smith Corona. Uh, yeah, 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 no, I, I, she really, I think I encouraged her a little too much because she right. would get all dressed up and sit with the fan and do her typing and, right. and yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess I've just always been interested in people. Right. And, uh, well, who isn't? I mean, isn't that what we write Absolutely. about? There's nothing else to write right, about. Right, right. Just before I forget on the subject of typewriter, when you're writing now, what are you, are you, um, writing on computer? I write longhand. You do. And then I put it, and I always did. Even down there, I would write, but when I wanted to transfer it, she had the typewriter. Right. Yeah. No, I write longhand. There's something about good old pen and paper. There is. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's probably the uncertainty. I mean, now you can change it, but for me, it's the comfort. I cross out. I'm, writing is probably the most difficult thing I do. I Uh have to wrench out sentences. I I am not an, it is not an easy process for me, the writing. But, because I'll start and then cross that out, start. But then once the the wheels, it's the momentum comes, it's the most thrilling thing there is. Sure. I mean, really, but it's just, it's not easy for me to sit down and face the blank page. Right. But would you say it's, it's, Better, would you advise someone better that you start not knowing what it, where you want to go versus never picking up the, the pen until you have a clear thought of where your story should go? Uh, I wouldn't advise anybody on anything because I think, (laughs) yeah, serious, Uh anything in life, but especially in writing, um, I think everyone has his or her own technique. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of them won't sit. I think I thought I heard John Irving will not write a sentence until he's done all the uh, all the research for a, mm-hmm. for a year. Somebody else um, won't doesn't use an outline at all. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty much in. I have an idea what I'm going to write, mm-hmm. but I certainly don't know which way. You want to be open to. Right. To it taking so you peel back course. the layers of the onion as you exactly uh, right, yeah right. yeah and that is about the biggest thrill there is if mm. in mid sentence you think you're going one way 
And right. it goes another way. And you think, wow, that's where it should have been. That's an incredibly honest way of writing because you're discovering in the moment. Yeah. As if, as if you are the reader of a piece already yes. written. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. It, but I think you have to have, um, you can't just sit down and, and wait for it to come either because right. so I, and I, I lack discipline because I just, because it is so frightening, right. <laughs> you know, um, to, to write sure. for me. Sure. But people say, oh, well, you, you know, you have to wait for the inspiration. No, you don't. There's a lot of discipline in it. Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link. On the Sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called Sascapes Plus. You can't miss it. There's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it. I'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going. When Sascapes launched in May 2014, it was the first podcast in the province celebrating arts, culture, and heritage. In fact, you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find any Saskatchewan podcast. So I'd like to think that we paved the way. It's been because of your support that this podcast is now in its ninth year. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Well... Uh, this may be out of sequence, but I do know that one of the books you wrote was long listed for the Scotiabank Giller Prize. Yeah. So, so um, that's no slouch of, uh, well, of, a, of an honor. That was an actual, um, I, I, I don't want to, well, uh, for, it's, it was a backdoor uh, landing on the long list of the um, Giller Prize. I don't know. Did you did you know the Reader's Choice? They had that was it the first and I think only year that the Giller people decided to run a contest open to the public. I remember that was two thousand and eleven. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and it happened. My book Extensions happened to win that Reader's Choice. I mean, I was happy that I got that it won, of course. But uh, uh, they're I, the people that buy the book. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's a very important. I know, but this is point. this is it, it was all online. Like the the votes came in. That's how they tallied sure, the votes. Yeah. So I would get com. They put comments why they were voting for for extensions, and some of them would put, "I I don't read at all, but I loved extensions," and I thought uh-huh. that the the ordinary non reader is voting. For right. the lofty Giller Prize winner, yes, right. and then they, the 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 next year they had it separate. They yeah. didn't put it on the, and then finally they've done away with it altogether. So, now, do you track the track the success of the book as that process went along, or does the phone ring one day? How does that? What does that look like? You mean you, once it's when when it gets voted? Are you? Uh, yeah, I was able to follow it on the were, internet. Right. Yeah, because every vote that came in. Right. Would be uh, and they put comments and how'd yeah. that feel? Oh, it was exciting! Yeah. It was very exciting. Right. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, it's a. I mean, that's a tremendous honor. You had said earlier, well, real writers, but you know, I have tremendous admiration for writers. I'm a frustrated writer myself. Well, and, it's difficult. Well, you it know how hard. difficult it is. It is it's, really it's hard. It's about but, as difficult. But as... you got it out. I've yet to get it. Yeah, well. <laughs> I've yet to get it out. I'm still staring at the blank page. It's hard. So, yes. Right. 
but it's um, and tell me a bit about what I, I, I confess I've not read Extension, so tell me a bit about the story, the history of that book. Well, again, I drew on um, my life. It, it has two strands: a contemporary narrative and a historical narrative. Mm-hmm. And the contemporary, the the heroine or pro- the female protagonist is a um, RCMP constable. Mm-hmm. Uh, as is my daughter. Well, now I have two daughters. Oh. They're both uh, RCMP constables. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So I had a, a trove of information from her, like her her police situations plus her expertise. And um, she was, she's the the modern uh, heroine in, in uh, BC. And the historical narrative is, again, about a grandmother I never knew. So she's tracking down, it, it's her great-grandmother through letters, and then I was able to fictionalize a life for my grandmother that I oh. never knew, because she was, my grand, My father was born in the coal mines in Nanaimo, um, mm-hmm. extent, in the name, the town was called Extension, oh. and of course the book is Extensions. Right. Oh, right. So I gave her a life. I, I, I feel she had a hard life, like my grandfather was a drinker and she died in the influenza epidemic, and my father, she died when my father was 11, so he mm-hmm. never knew her. Nobody knew anything about her. Mm-hmm. And I felt to pay homage to this woman, I want to give her a life, sure. save her life. So, um, yeah, so again, it's, but it it's, is autobiographical because right. I, with a, with a daughter and a grandmother. Your there. daughters must have felt very proud. Yeah, they did feel proud. Yeah, yeah. that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting, yes. And so... Post two thousand eleven, um, what's happened? Not much. No, not, not much. No, not much. No, I was very lucky though. Well, maybe two thousand and twelve. I was invited to a lot of um, book clubs, mm-hmm. and um, McDally Robinson. I had a reading there, and then just people I didn't. Well, a friend of a friend would invite me to come and be part of the discussion, and I met a lot of people. It was it was very um, well heartening it it, 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 exhilarating is what it's really what it was Mm -hmm. to meet all these people and just on the basis of talking about the book and yeah so you know let's think of the small town saskatchewan where there aren't necessarily um a plethora of artistic resources and inspiration yet somebody out there wants to write, who is mm-hmm. a bookish person mm-hmm. in small town Saskatchewan. How, so where do you draw, how do you find your voice through writing when you don't have oh, a lot of inspiration? Well, around? I think Saskatchewan is full of, of, of writers who've come from small towns. Like Guy Vanderhey came from Esterhazy, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. This Cassie Stocks, who just won the Stephen Leacock's um, award. Yeah. She's from, is it Eston? Uh, I think it's Esther. Yeah, I think I think we're, it's full of people. I, I think right. Saskatchewan actually. There's something about falling back on your own resources. I think yeah. our climate and because the maybe the isolation, we almost have to make our own entertainment mm-hmm. if um, if we want anything, and, or or we go inward and and write our own entertainment. I I, I don't I don't think it's a absence of inspiration. I think it's almost. It is an inspiration. Right, sometimes. but you would say, read. I mean, oh, of if you're, course, if you're, I would if say, if oh, yes, of course, read. I would right. say yes. read. Yes, right, right. yeah, that that's the number one thing. Yeah, yeah. The, read is is 
read all the time. Yeah. yeah. Because I always find it alarming to ask, you know, young singers, what ins who inspires them? What music inspires mm -hmm. them? And the answer often is, mm, I don't know. And I'd say, really? Mm -hmm. Because the, the only hope I had was listening nonstop, yes, obsessively yes, to music. Yes. And that's the one thing we always have. We have a fabulous library system throughout this province. Um, in Saskatchewan. In Saskatchewan. Oh, we really do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just get a book. Yes. And start oh, by it. all means. That just, that goes with that I take for granted so much. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think sometimes that, that may be overlooked. And we're living in a, we're living in a culture of, um, of get the fast achiever. Very. You know, yes. Right. And yeah. so we forget that it's slow and steady wins the race. Always. You, you started by reading, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you became bookish, as yes, they say. Yes, Yeah. Well, I grew up, as I said, I did have, uh, I grew up in a bookish house, though. Right. So right. you you didn't, as you said, you didn't have any of that, but I had that advantage, too. Well, no, I grew, I, I had it because of my parents. Okay, but, but outside town, of that, I see what you mean, nothing yeah. Nothing in schools, it, yeah. were it not for my parents, uh -huh. um, were it not for their love of music and their love of reading, I don't know. I would have withered. I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine finding it myself. You no, know, so I, we, well, no, that's right. And it's all. And there was one pivotal teacher. Do you? Did you have one pivotal? I had. Teacher? Yeah, I did. I had a creative writing teacher. Yeah. Yes, I Who did. Who made yeah. all the difference? Yeah, but it, it was Calgary was a big city, so right. it, it, that's different. But yeah, I did have a creative writing teacher. Yeah, but um, I can't even imagine not having grown up in that, yeah, in my family. Right. Like my mother subscribed to the New Yorkers when she was in Milo, you know, in that little town. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and yet I guess I looked around at my friends and none of their mothers were like that. So right. I, I did see the other side, but yeah. it was just so natural. Yeah. Our household with for reading and writing. Right. Both. Do you have other um, artistic outlets other than writing? Uh, knitting. Mm -hmm. Knitting. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it can be artistic. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so you mentioned you're not writing now, but are you one of these people that you will never stop? It must you when you when it's time for you to create, is there that burning drive that says I've I've got to get something out? Yeah, well, my it's the what glorious Steinem said at first, writing is the only thing that I do that what that when I do it, I don't think I should be doing something else. Right. So that always in the back of my mind, no matter what I am doing, the call is to write. Right. Whether I'm doing it or not. But I actually am writing again. I, I mean, yeah, I am writing. But I don't, uh, the discipline at times fails me because other things have, you know, they come yeah, up. Sure. But um, no, I don't think I'll ever lose that. I've talked that to a lot of artists who are fantastic per procrastinators, myself oh. included. Oh. Do you find that it's in the, it's in the race to a deadline when you should have that that the best inspiration comes in those last. Well, I don't know. Months. I I actually no. My other I have two RCMP daughters, and one is the other one's a journalist, and she has to write to deadline. Like she she writes for a living. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. Like when I have even a little personal essay, I'll get a scrap of an idea. And I'll think I've got to develop that. And it'll be a month. Like, uh -huh. I have to let it okay. sort of um, 
steep and right. I, I couldn't I, did, I can't write on command right. so well, the opposite the, of that. the opposite of that right. yeah I, I don't know well if the whole thing is maybe nicely done and I just have to go through and and it, I love rewriting I absolutely love re- because it's not the blank page anymore right right did yeah. you say your one of your daughters is a journalist yes yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. No. Well, the she's the only apple. It didn't fall far from the the other two. Neither my husband nor I can get the uh, the cop. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's about as alien to both of us right. as we could have imagined. Right. So you are you do continue to write now. Mm-hmm. Is there another book waiting mm-hmm. to get outside mm-hmm. of you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've done a hundred pages of of that already, but. Uh, It'll. It's a continuation. It will have um, Arabella Drivensides, who's she's the the RCMP protagonist. Right. She'll be. Um, it'll be two narratives again. Right. But of course, the grandmother's story is gone. This. This. I want to work in my Guyana uh, experience into this one. I think it would be a shame not to use it, since it's so much a part of me. Right. Is there anything about Saskatchewan that, well, that's, that influences uh, you know, I your wish I, writing? The thing, <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes I wonder, well, why isn't it she in Saskatchewan? Because <laughs> Saskatchewan has definitely influenced yeah. me. Yeah, right, sure. yeah, I'm very loyal to Saskatchewan. I feel, mm. again, I think it's the the landscape that you turn. There aren't distractions. There's you. The, you really turn into your yourself. Like this, this little town mm-hmm. is it, very conducive to writing. Mm-hmm. You know, if I could get over the procrastination, <laughs> right, right. but uh, right. yeah, it's. It, are there a lot of writers in Campsack? No, no, right. there aren't. Do you have opportunity to do readings here? I don't well, know, when, the, when my book was published, they were extremely uh, supportive. The right. whole town was so supportive. They would, well, one friend, I think, bought 15 copies. Well, it came out just before Christmas, so people were buying them as... <clears throat> Excuse me. As uh, Christmas gifts, the library had a signing, and the, the book club. There is a book club, and the book club had me there. So, no, the town could not have been more um, supportive. You're their local hero. Yeah. Well, their writer in residence, I guess. So, right. Yeah. Is there a writer in residence program here at all? Not there's here. A, there's a library no. here. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a library. Yeah. 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 No, there's not a. I think only uh, well, Saskatoon and and Regina have one, don't they? Uh, Saskatoon definitely has one. Regina definitely. Yeah, has well, one. Gail Bowen is in right. there, and she's yeah. come here three times actually to speak in our library. So uh-huh. she's a marvel of a woman. That and, is, in fact, oh. it was. I did. I I interviewed Jean Freeman in her in her studio. She wasn't there that day, oh. so they donated the studio yeah. space to record. Yeah. Um, no, she's. I I have no end of en- of admiration for Gail Bowen. I think she's. She's wonderful. What writers inspire you, Canadian or otherwise? Uh, well, Alice Munro. Yeah. yeah. My mother discovered, as I said, my mother was kind of avant-garde because she had been reading Alice Munro since, I think, her first story. So I grew up knowing about Alice Munro. And, you know, I've carried that. Now I carry the torch. Um, uh Zadie Smith, she's a writer in England. I don't know if you've heard of her. I know that name. Yeah, um, Ann Tyler. Right. Um, let's see who else. I'm trying to think. You mentioned John Irving. Yeah, John. Well, John Irving. Um, I'm trying to think of some Canadian writers whom I uh, 
Well, I just read the Cassie Stocks. She's New West Publishing, too. I guess you feel part of the family when you... New West Publishing published extensions. Yes, and right. Cassie Stocks book. Um, right. Jan Martel, uh-huh. have you had an opportunity to meet him? Well, he, when I was re... I went up, uh, I was at two... Um, what, what, word on the street. Yes. The one in, with Gian Gameshi that, at the Giller mm-hmm. uh, tent. And then I was in the Saskatchewan one. And his... Um, his wife was speaking before I was. Right. He was there in the yeah. in the audience, uh-huh. and um, she's a wonderful speaker. And um, yeah, so I. But that's the extent of uh, me, yeah. hearing him. So there's always there's only one writer that you grew up with that that kind of yes. got under your skin. Yes. Can you recall one well, that you grew up with? The, as it. It, the ones the ones I've, I've mentioned that I have read every single look, it, it would be Alice Monroe and Ann right. Tyler. Right. Um, what I, is it about Alice Monroe's work that touches you? I just find her her language. It starts out well. They it's not or they say ordinary, which it's not ordinary, but it's 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 uh, and it's not simple. But then she packs such a mean, such a an unexpected punch in her story. It's just it'll be about um, well, common folk, I guess. And um, but then all of a sudden, it's this this language that takes you just around the corner, and you're not expected to where where, where she's going. And then she she gathers everything she's put in. She puts in different threats. She takes liberties, I think, with time. Mm-hmm. And she'll be um, giving you a block about somebody, and then it might be thirty years later. But then at the end, everything ties up so neatly in such beautiful little set. It's short, you know. At the end, it's mm-hmm. these sentences, and and it's just breathtaking for me. Right. Yeah. And yet, but it's not. It's not like esoteric. It's it, it, right. it's easy to understand right. her, her her language. Right. Yeah. Right. Is. Is reading escapism for you? I mean, do, they, do no, you? It's bo- no, it's it, well, it's it's a. It, I, I wouldn't say a duty. It's necessary for me. Okay. Yeah, I, I reading is if if I don't read, I, I, I get um, restless and and frustrated. Right. I, I need to have a need to be reading. You won't stop writing. It. No, like. I don't think I I can, will stop writing. I mean, as I said, I'll probably continue <laughs> procrastinating, but right. I it is always in the back of my mind as the thing that. Um, well, I don't I I don't know if you can call it a passion if you do procrastinate, but I I think it is my my um, foremost passion. I right. suppose. Are you informed by everything? around you I, I sort of do you see the world very you perceive are you constantly absorbing oh yeah everything yeah, I am, and is, yeah. it, is it always feeding in some mm-hmm. small subtle mm-hmm. way yes that which you'll ultimately I would say so about? yeah because yeah, I think I'm analytical I think I, I, uh-huh. uh, I I'd like to know what's going on maybe I'm just nosy well I'm curious <laughs> right uh, yeah and I right. think I, I do you need to be curious yes. to be a writer yeah, yeah I think so yeah yeah and uh, that is I've always said that was the greatest gift my mother ever gave me was curiosity, curiosity. yeah because she was interested in everything and it all filtered down to us and I'm I'm very thankful for that yeah you can never be I think if you're curious, well, I mean, you can be a busybody, I guess, but you're never really lonely if you're curious because there's always so much to partake of in the world, you know? What a great way of looking at that. 
Yeah, well. <laughs> well that's, that's, you're never lonely when you're curious. Well, that's the way I feel. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, I mean, certainly with books, it right. help. But anything that, that captures your interest, don't you think that's, yes. that, that's um, you're not lonely. And curiosity and taking everything in gives you a vocabulary with which to express how something makes you feel. You look at this young generation now and, and it, is, it is the neutrality of reaction to everything that I find so alarming. I know, I know. And, um, and then when you meet someone that's completely polar opposite to I that, know. it's such a breath of fresh air mm -hmm. and you have such tremendous admiration that they're moving through their world around their peers. I know. Very, very different. I know. With tremendous courage. And there are people like that. There I mean, that's the beauty of, of life is that those people are out there. Yeah. And they will eventually get hurt. I mean, you, the majority, well, it rises to the top. I, I, yeah, I believe that uh, the quality rises to yeah. the top. And hopefully they become you know, that way of living becomes infectious for other, mm -hmm. that there are other peers that, mm -hmm. that, that, that it, that it inspires others to, mm -hmm. that of the same age, age category. Mm -hmm. You know, that everybody's stuck in texting mode. Oh, Nobody, well, I know. It's yeah. Brevity is key, yes. you know. I remember what I was going to ask you earlier. Um, what do you have to say on the topic of editors? Are editors um, your friend? Would I invite, especially somebody who knows more, who's in the business? Mm -hmm. Because I write in isolation. I don't. I right. don't have um, even any professionally writing. I have friends who are good readers and mm -hmm. intelligent people, mm -hmm. but I don't have any sort of. Uh, expertise uh friends with editing experts mm -hmm. so i i would consider them friends right i'd like to have help right yeah are there some writers that that find it very hard to let go uh when yeah. when an editor says this, this. probably yeah, i would guess yeah, but yeah. that's one of the i've read a lot on writing and one of the things they say you have to do you you just absolutely have to be prepared to let go of your favorite your favorite right. words uh -huh. yeah right because um and it is hard right yeah what time of day is easiest for you to write when you do write uh, very probably more like not not too early but right. uh yeah probably around 10 and then if i can stay with it till uh you know mid-afternoon right. i don't write i don't like to write in the evening Right. And I don't get up. See, Gail Bowen gets up at four thirty. That's why mm. she's so successful. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I really. Do I, you have to get up early and write to be successful? Well, no, but I I do think people get up earlier, uh, pack more into a day. Sure. Well, early yeah. to bed. Early uh, I don't. I just it's not right. my rhythm, and I'm not changing right. now. Right. But um, it, well, you have to, and you have to be disciplined. Right. Sure. I mean, when when the book gets set free, when extensions is first set free out into the great wash of the public. Do you feel like you're, you feel like you're letting go of a, of a part of you? Is it like, well, and I, then I want to redo a lot of parts, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of parts. Oh, really? You go, Oh, I wish if I could do it all. Yeah. over. Oh, yes, so yes. you're constantly, yeah. you're constantly mm -hmm. yeah, self-critiquing. Right. And actually I was quite, um, encouraged or amused uh, to hear Alice Monroe was the worst about that. Uh, she, I heard her on 
Peter Zosky once and she was doing a reading. He says, well, that's out of her book, you know, her published book. And she said, uh, he said, that's not what it says. And she says, I know, I'm rewriting it while I'm reading it. Uh, and she even, I've read Douglas Gibson's, um, by, you know, he was her publisher. Yeah, right, and Stewart. Right. And he said that one of her books, it was at the printer's. And she wanted to change it from the first person to the third person. And it was that far advanced. And that's a big change sure. to change the voice. No kidding. Yes. And he uh, he said, well, they let her do it. But he said, I let her pay the penalty price of the printer just to, uh, you know, make a point. So I thought, okay, I'm not the only one who wants to. Uh, <laughs> but in a way, is that... Is- I don't think that's such a bad thing because I think it's the I think it's the death of the artist when they finally when they get to the end of a work and say there that's that's exactly what I want to achieve. I think it's the constant self critic that keeps us moving forward, don't you? Well, yeah, I, and yet I kind of envy that. <laughs> I wish I could be a little more because uh, I'll change things so often that eventually I come back to the first one and think, okay, I, I, the first sentence and mm-hmm. have to. Yeah, but I do like rewriting. Right. Yeah. But I think it's kind of important to always have a, ses- a sense of unrest about about well, I hope our so. work. <laughs> yeah, I think it keeps yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's it's the motivating factor to to pick up the pen yet yes. again. And, yes. And uh, and and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll keep going. I will. And I'll we'll keep, keep reading. Well, I hope so. I mean, I hope this one finds a publisher. That was its maiden voyage. Uh, I was right. very lucky with extensions. Right. Um, that New West took it, but you never know. I mean, every every it it's a gamble. Sure. Every book you write. The arts is a gamble. The my arts dear. is a huge gamble. <laughs> it's huge. a huge gamble. Theater, painting. Yeah. Oh, yes. But for those of us who are playing, we wouldn't want to gamble any other way. No. 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 You have to. It's in your blood. It, that's exactly right. Gloria Steinem had it right. Yeah. <laughs> then I look forward to seeing more of your work on the bookshelf. Well, I hope so, Kevin. Yeah. Thank you so oh, much. Paul. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Sascapes podcast is created by Kevin Power as part of the Culture Days Animata program operated by Sass Culture. Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lotteries Trust Fund for Sports, Culture and Recreation. If you want to hear more of these podcasts or to see the great work being done by other Sass Culture animateurs, please visit www.iheartculture.ca. Special thanks to Paved Arts in Saskatoon for their technical support. Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There is no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time...